This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. And how you guys doing? Welcome to the show. We got a special guest today. We got Kimber, the former National Sergeant Arms. Don't look at that thumbnail because I screwed that one up, but that's me. I screw up the English language real quick, too. We got him on. We also got Uncle Phil on, man, the Black Dragon. He's going to be my co-host today interviewing. Uh, it's going to be uh, such a fun time, such a fun time. Uh, but let's bring everybody in right now. We got Kimmer in the upper right-hand corner from the, well, former Iron Order. And again, like I said, we got Uncle Phil, uh, Howdy Doody from Oklahoma. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. <laughs> How about you, Dragon? How you doing, man? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so kimber 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 let's hear a little bit about you man and we'll get into this i've uh uh was the uh eight years eight and a half years in the air and order uh and uh went from you know passion in and ended up to be one of the national sergeant arms and was a national nomad uh for them uh Went back to a uh, uh, chat uh, charter, was put back into a charter, had a disagreement with some people that were in charge, and uh, ultimately they ended up throwing me out. So uh, uh, that's the why are you, Why are you here today? Uh, what are we going to talk about? Uh, basically an overview of why did you feel it was necessary to come on now? Uh, the biggest thing was uh, um, some of the stuff that uh, in the club, unfortunately, uh, you know, when I, I went in when Izod was still there and um, the club changed tremendously after uh, we got rid of Izod, which was, a, you know, a great move um, and really went in the right direction for uh, probably seven years and uh, made a lot of headway. Um did a lot of things that I was really happy about, really impressed with. Then after our next election cycle, we started to get guys that uh, were right underneath the uh, the the boss um, that uh, started like, in my eyes, going off the rails. And uh, I started uh, questioning things like uh, you know our financial stuff. Started questioning I. I just a lot of that stuff. I mean, I could go on for hours and hours and, uh, ultimately my inquisitive nature ended up, uh, getting me thrown out. Rock on, uh, for you guys that don't know who Izod is, I call him lollipop, man. Lollipop. <laughs> He's about, uh, that rainbow color. If you know what I mean? Uh, he got thrown out from the Iron Order and is now, uh, I guess, the international president of the Iron Legacy. And I don't keep up with him much. But the first subject I want to talk about that's uh, pretty interesting to me personally 
is the fact that Iron Order is now to be rumored that they want to uh, go to Sturges in mass. And uh, let's hear about that, uh, Kimber. Yeah, that was that's one of the things that I, I'm not I wasn't directly involved in, but I had some vocal opinions about. Um, you know, after the problems that we had uh, with different clubs and and showing up at a different events and doing different things, um, there was a number of us that had long term experience in the MC world that started reaching out to different clubs, making sure that we could try to find a peaceful solution. And, um, uh, and we were pretty successful at it. We opened up a lot of lines of communication. Um, now the, uh, uh, the new crew um, decided that uh, this year they're going to, uh, they rented a couple hotels and they're going to Sturgis. And uh, I was against it from this, not against them going, but I, but I was against the way that it was. I, you know, my belief is that um, if we were going to go, I wanted to go sit down with the, the the major clubs out there and let them know we were coming and say, hey, you know, and they're, you know, because I was fortunate enough that I had contacts with almost every club that, that goes out there. Um, but uh that was they decided that they didn't want to go down that route. No, they were just going. Uh, they said, we're, we're, you know, we're doing it our way. We're not doing it your way. And, um, and I, uh, you know, the guys that, that. Hey, Kimber, uh, people are asking if you can turn your volume up. Uh, hell, I don't even know how. Uh, I, I just did um, it for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, I gotta get I gotta get the tech guy. I <laughs> <laughs> just talk louder, man. You'll be fine. Uh, one of the things that has me, uh, and we're gonna be talking about these people, is on your international board. You have an FBI agent as well as I believe a contractor with the CIA, and something like that sounds foreign to you know, clubs like, uh, that we've been in or black dragon. What's your viewpoint on that? Um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, but isn't that what our order has always been known for, uh, or accused of, uh, anyway. Uh, and I think that's something that we can talk about now that we have the former national sergeant at arms on. So, uh, you know, when did, I, I'd have, I have a few questions, but, um, I'd like to know when you got started in the club, what brought you to the club? And, um, uh, you know, what was it about Iron Order versus any other motorcycle club? You know, trying to get a background of you and and uh, and what brought, brought you to that 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 kind of club or, or that specific club. OK, yeah. The um, first let me clarify one thing real quick and then I'll answer it. Um, there's not an FBI guy on the international uh, board or anything like that. One of the guys that's. Uh, um in a leadership role that is kind of next to the international board uh, works for the FBI, but he's not on the board itself. Um, the, uh, what, you know, what, what brought me to the club originally was that um, 
in my past, I had done a lot of stuff that uh, probably I shouldn't go into. <laughs> and uh, no, nah, you don't uh, want to do that here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I and I and I I'd been around a, a, a style of life that I wanted to avoid, but I was you know I wanted to be um, in the club that was had you know brotherhood and camaraderie and all that stuff and and guys to ride with and and honestly one of the biggest keys is a that um, sent me into the club was that um, I had uh, a real close friend of mine died that I rode with all the time. And I, um, I was looking for, you know, the uh, camaraderie of the, the club atmosphere. And uh, the reason I ended up with the uh, Iron Order was that um, the choices i think that i had being from up here um it was it, it, it was actually kind of a new challenge rather than the standard choice that everybody up here made and you know makes and uh, you know it, it was um that's really one of the biggest things that drew me to it is that there was, you know, there's a really popular way up here that a lot of people go in, and a and a an organization that that is extremely well known and a really um, somebody that I respect the hell out of, you know, an organization that I do. But I just I thought, well, I'm going to go in a different uh, manner, and um, and that's how I ended up with the Iron Order. How were you? How were you able to? Now that we said, and I'll let Black Dragon uh, ask in a second. How were you able to accept being in a club that actual active law enforcement officers? How were you able to? Uh, how can well, I say it? Go ahead. Yeah, it, you know the. Um, uh, probably the easiest way for me to answer that is that that there's first when I got in to the club, um, you know the uh, I didn't know anybody that was in the club that was in law enforcement. All right, so the you know when I was when, as I'm sitting there dealing with with the people that I knew in the club um but you know at that time uh you know the chapter in milwaukee wisconsin the chapter in appleton wisconsin they were all really solid really great guys they still are and um uh you know hollywood you and i you know know uh, guys down there in elkhorn and that stuff and and it was it's almost like it was one completely different thing as it um stretched out and uh um, expanded. What happened was that there was a uh, you know you for a long time. First, we had to fight to get rid of Izod. That was the big problem right there. And I, after I got in, and I, you know I I prospected and did everything and got in. Once I was in, I realized what a clown he was. And then I kind of figured um, I, I figured I was going to get thrown out right then. Because I was I was really vocal for a long time about what a clown he was and that he should leave and and uh, many times on our discussion thread that we had I 
made the statement that I, I mean, they made the statement to me, the leadership at that time on, you know, you joined us, we didn't join you and, and you should, you know, sit down, shut up and do it the way ISAD tells you to. And I, I figured they'd throw me out, but they never did. I'll say Go this, ahead, it's, kind of fun, it's, it's kind of funny that Izod, who's a really clown, never threw me out. And all the guys that he had following him that were a bunch of clowns never threw me out. But some of the new guys that are in there, they decided to throw me out. Brotherhood and Betrayal is an in-depth look at the trials and tribulations of street gang and motorcycle club life. This isn't the run-of-the-mill book that doesn't get the goods. This book will go into detail of events that actually happen. All materials in this book have been approved by those involved. There is nothing poetic, nor is there any price worth paying for the life we choose to live on the streets. James Hollywood Machikari, Brotherhood and Betrayal. Go ahead, so Meaty. That's kind of humorous. So, um, you know, I kind of, you know, there's a lot of things that you hear, uh, pro and con or whatever, about Iron Order. They're not a very, um, they, they, they haven't been very well liked or respected on the set for a long time. Uh, but I've heard that they've done a lot of things to clean themselves up. Um, were you familiar with um, the kind of reputation that they had when you went in or or uh, or were you just taken completely by surprise what what did you know about the kind of club uh that they were purported to be and what did that mean to you well at at the time i, I was basing i had heard the stuff but to me the way that i looked at it was this okay i heard a lot of stuff about a lot of clubs over my life and, you know, if you believe everything that's on the Internet, believe everything that's on TV, believe everything that somebody says, uh, you know, what would you do at all? I mean, because, you know, fuck, everybody's, they're either, you know, cop clubs or gangsters or, you know, rapists or drug dealers or, you know, so I, I made my decision based on the people that I knew in the club and the alternatives that I had, and they were all, um, uh, you know, that's why I made the decision that I did going into the Iron Order. And I, and I like I said, I, you know, for a long time, it was a great decision. When we got rid of Izod and uh, Britt took over the as the IP, you had a guy that was truly a leader and, and, uh, and a man of reputation, a man of, of integrity. Um, and you know, up until the last election cycle when he started getting overruled by the board and and I started to see these, you know, the, the guys immediately un, under him, the IVP, the IBM, the ISA, these guys are, they're problems, you know, I mean, and, um, you know, and, and in the system that the IO has, they have 14 people on the board. All it takes is eight of them, and they can overrule the, the IP. And a lot of the things that are fucked up in that. Can I say that on you, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> little sorry bit, man. A little, little bit. bit. Just a little bit. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> a lot of the things that are messed up. <laughs> are, well, uh, before we uh, go into, uh, you know, I want to kind of switch some gears here sure. because of our time schedule. I wanted to go back to 
the Sturges deal and how they feel like, well, we're just going there, we're showing up, and they're going to show up in mass, and the problems that could come out of that, and where they're thinking, where if they're trying to clean up their act, why don't they want to work with the other clubs that uh, that hold their nationals there? Quite frankly, it's just yeah. something that really is like, wow, really. Um. All I can say is that, I mean, from what I understand, they're going to show up there with a couple hundred guys, two, three hundred guys is what they're expecting from what I understand. Um, I, 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 you know, four years ago, five years ago, something like that, we set up a deal where we were going up to Medoran, uh, North Dakota. We were about 220 miles away from Sturgis at the same time. And we were on the road going out there and back, and we did it that way. Um, so, it, which I was a national sergeant at arms at that time, and we did it that way to stay out of Sturgis. Other than small groups would ride down and, and go to Sturgis, you'd get you know four guys, six guys, eight guys, because we didn't at that time. My my view, as well as the guys that were were um, influential at that time, um, didn't want to go out. It, just like you know, we never went to like Daytona. Never went to Laconia, never went to, you know, you know that that at some point we're going to have a replay at Denver and, you know, and, and we don't want to do that. You know, that was the thought. And apparently that thought has, you know, changed, you know, so. Well, let's switch gears again. So we already know that they're planning on going to uh, Sturges. But I want to get to the meat of why you were put out bad and for those who want to look at the paperwork we're going to be talking about here in a second, you can go in the description box over on my YouTube channel. You can download it. It's free right off of Mediafire, and you'll be able to see some of these numbers that we're going to go into, and let's just get into it. Uh, there's a lot of financial stuff that went on, and you helped out, and you know, because some people were saying, well... You know, the guy's uh, out on bad. Now he's on here talking. Uh, I would have to say, go look at this paperwork we're going to talk about and see what you think at that point in time and the numbers that we're going to be talking about. Uh, but give a little background on why they put you out, in your opinion. Um, when I, uh, uh, over the years, I, you know, I, um, I actually owned... I, <laughs> I own two clubhouses for the Iron Order still, and I actually bought their national headquarters for them um, and then financed it for them. And uh, um, when I did so that... You, you gave them money to get their national headquarters. Go ahead. Yeah, what I did is uh, I started a corporation in order to buy it. I, I am, have been a business guy for years. And... Uh, in order to buy it, I started a company so that it was kind of protected and um, uh, bought the property, sold it to them on a lease purchase, um, had a 30-year contract. I think I sent you a copy of the contract. And, um, right. And uh, just like any lease purchase, there was conditions. And one of the conditions was if you're going to material ch materially change the property, you have to keep me notified. 
um, when what happened was literally two months after, not even, but shortly after the contract was signed and I purchased the property and they started doing that, I started paying it, leasing it. They always paid their payments. They were always on time, never had a problem with that. Uh, what I had a problem with was all of a sudden they were changing shit like crazy. I mean, um, there was, uh, you know, stuff with the hoist, with fencing, with uh, it, all different things. And every time that I talked to them about, hey, you guys have to keep me informed. You, I'm not saying you can't do any of these things. You have to keep me informed. Um, they, uh, the guy that was in charge of the property, who's now the IVP, just completely ignored it. And I would confront them, I'd talk to them, and then finally, uh, this year, our national thing, I went in and, and the property, when I bought it, it had like an apartment inside, it has a house, and it has a big barn, and it had an apartment inside one of the barns, and the whole apartment was missing. And uh, it kind of got me upset, and then uh, next thing I know, I read, uh, in one of the things they put out that they were gonna they were raising money to Cut down five acres of the trees on my property without telling me they never confronted me never never talked to me never said hey We're you know and I it, that So when I when I blew a gas uh, let me stop you there Kimber for a second uh, with the comments in the comments section you can go to my YouTube right now and click that link. You need to download everything that we're talking about. There are paperwork in this. Uh, but go ahead, uh, Kim. Well, uh, you know, so when I confronted him about this, and let me back up and explain now what the a lot of the paperwork is about. They couldn't get oh, the oh, Hold on a second, Kim. You brought this up, and I do not want to forget about this. Uh, you were talking about a guy in Southern Illinois, I believe. Uh, what's his name? You're asking me? Yeah. The guy that you were talking about. Uh, basically, who, who joined the Iron Order because he wanted to be a, you know, he watched too much Jack Steller. That's exact words from you. <laughs> that's, that's Linus, man. He's the international vice president. He, uh, uh, it's kind of funny. He, uh, uh, Actually, that came up once when I was at his house, and his wife told me that uh, he fell in love with Jack's Teller and wanted to uh, be like that and decided to join a motorcycle club. And I uh, I said, uh, you're fucking kidding me, right? I, well, I'm sorry. I said, you're really kidding me, right? <laughs> so, Nothing wrong with that. Uh, right. <laughs> But that's the type of guy that's uh, in leadership with the Iron Order right now is somebody who has a Jax Teller fantasy and wants to lead uh, these guys out to uh, Sturges. So just think about that for a second. So you basically, you went, you bought the property yep. for them and you own two of their clubhouses still to today. What I found yep. interesting is... Iron Order was a nonprofit, and yep. according to you, they didn't file taxes for three years. Yeah, and then three years that they had three years that they didn't file the taxes. That, and it was right before I bought the property. The year before I bought the property in Indiana, I'm talking about, which is mm -hmm. the national headquarters. Uh, 
April of 2019, and they hadn't filed taxes for the three years before that. And then, um, you know, they couldn't get a loan. So the only person that, that yeah, not the only one. But. And that had be coming up too, as far as not being able to get a loan, but how the funny business started happening with uh, the P&Ls. Yeah, what, well, what I think happened, and I can't prove all of this, okay, but I, I mean, look at the numbers. You guys, you know, you've seen them. And oh, I've been can, looking at them, yeah. Yeah, you can draw your own conclusions. I can't make any definitive statement, nor am I attempting to. But if you look at the first profit and loss statement for 2019, well, let me back up. I bought the property in 2019. By 2021, they were to the point where the leadership under Britt, not Britt, but the guys under him had tried, they wanted me gone really bad. They tried again and again to get the votes to have me OIB'd. They were concerned that um, even though I had actually told uh, a number, uh, I told Britt that I said, hey, if I... If you guys throw me out, I'm not going to foreclose on your property. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just, I, you know, it's a business decision. They obviously didn't listen to it. Now, the guys that I own their clubhouses, they listened to it and didn't care. Yeah. I've, I've um, spoken to it before, and he seems like a pretty squared away, fair kind of character. Um, oh, very good guy. Very good guy. So, um, you know, uh, when I did, a, I, I did an iron order thing before, and he called me directly. So uh, did, did this is this coming down from him or was this something different? It, it seems kind of uh, no, like no, like I said, not. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. They no, no, um, go ahead, go ahead. But what happens in the club is that Britt's the number one guy, but they have 14 people on the board. If they get if they get eight guys that vote to have somebody thrown out, that's all they need. Well, you know, I had accumulated at least one enemy for every year I was in. So I finally accumulated more than eight. <laughs> mm. And, uh, and, uh, um, they brought it, uh, actually the guy who voted to have me, OIB I started it was the guy that was, is I think now still their international business manager and the reason he did, which ties in with your whole thing with the profit and loss statements, in my own opinion, the reason that he did is I questioned by 2021, they wanted to buy out the property. In 2019, they had just no credit whatsoever. All of a sudden, in 2021, they can get a loan from QuickBooks for $70,000 of the 170 that they owed me. And then the other 100, they were going to pull out of club funds. And I thought, you know, I've been in business a long time and, and you're standing there and you're going, I, I wonder how they suddenly got their credit rating so good. So I asked for profit and loss statements. I got my hands on from guys that accumulate this stuff, which wasn't me, the original profit and loss statement that was done in 2020 for the end of the year for 2019. And you guys should have that up there. It shows, I think, that there was a profit or a, a loss, a net loss of um, forty-seven or forty-two thousand dollars. I don't have it in right. front of me, but uh, yeah, it's like forty-two thousand dollars. And if mm -hmm. you look on, if you look on that P and L 
um, there's a line probably six, seven lines up from the bottom that says uh, uh, property. Um, real estate act- ventures with an entry yes. amount of what, 75.3? Se- yeah, real estate ventures in 75.3. Now, when I bought the property in the uh, 2019, they gave me 60 some thousand dollars down, 61 and change that they stuck into it and I used for the down payment on the property so that they had some skin in the game. Um, Then if you look, all of a sudden, the next financial statement for the same year. Now that one, remember, was 2019. It came out in January of 2020. Then you'll see that there's a 2019 that came out in February of 2021. All right. Now, remember, 2021 is when they want to buy the property. And if you look at that financial statement, it suddenly shows a profit instead of a loss of $57,000 and change. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's no the, look at the real estate ventures line. It has a zero. Well, the only guy that would know that they spent the money in the entire club was me. Because they gave the checks to me. All those checks came to me. Okay. So nobody else could check that. Nobody in the club could ever verify that except me and the guys who gave me the checks. All right. Well, I look at it and I'm going, hey, this is this really fucked up. And when I got really animated about what was going on, then all of a sudden the last profit and loss statement comes out. In which it's still fucked up. It shows that they went from a $57,000 profit to a $5,300 profit. But now that Real Estate Ventures only shows that it's got um, $11,500. Again, no check for the $61,000 that they gave me. And that now, should be in a, that should have been included, especially if you're getting a loan. In my belief, I'm not sure which one of those documents, or if any, that they used in order to uh, obtain a loan. But as a guy who's in business, I know that uh, I would definitely make sure my books were in order before I actually used any document to apply for a loan. And if you look at all three of those, you'll see that they had the exact same number for accounting, which was, I think, $2,394 in some sense. So they got that number right. They went to an accountant. Somehow all three of them are completely different, and there's a dramatic change in the year that they needed to, you know, that was made before, ironically, before they, they ended up. So how did, how did this make you feel? Here you are, you went. You got two clubhouses for the club, and then you went and bought a national office or property, and here these guys are wanting to get rid of you after you put all this kind of money in. They didn't have the credit. They didn't have, you know, they didn't file taxes for three years. But anyway, uh, then they come back with these funky numbers, and now they want to throw you out. And from my understanding, when you were in this process, they actually put a digital tag. They're tracking your emails and they're tracking yeah, they, 
far as I know, the rest of the membership with these digital trackers. And it's kind of uh, funny how you got an FBI agent in this club and another guy uh, who's a contractor for the CIA. And here they are tracking everybody's emails. So how did well, you find out that they had digital trackers in your mail? Uh, when they threw me OIB, Dragon, that's when I th- what I found out is that um, what they did is they, it's kind of funny in a way because I never, I, you know, I mean, I knew depending on which club I would have ever went to in my life, you, you know, you have that stuff on the outside of your club. But on the inside of your club, you're standing there and you're looking at it and going, wow, this is kind of wild. We got, um, when they OIB'd me, uh, actually the the guy that uh, one of the guys who was investigating it, who works for the FBI, he told me we do this all the time. And I said, what? And that was actually for me the point where I thought I'm done with this club no matter what. I don't care if they overturn the OIB, if they allow me, but I don't want anything to do with it because we're now at the point where as a club, I mean, they, he was very clear. I asked him twice. I said, so you do this all the time? And he said, yeah. What they accused me of doing is that they accused me of getting profit loss statements and then forwarding them to another OIB guy and talking to him about it, which if anybody would have checked any of it, first of all, as soon as I got all of the information, and rather than going to anybody, I put together in a complete email, and I sent the email to Brett. I won't send that email to anybody else because what I did, that's between what I said and what went through, I went to the top like I would do, and I, and I, I, I already had done the biggest. Add the Insane Throttle TV app on Roco now. Get content not seen on our other platforms. No censorship, no PC, only biker fun and entertainment. It's hardcore. Again, go over to Roco TV and add the Insane Throttle TV app now. Rock on. Thing I could do. So it made no sense for me to even do it. Um, the guy that I confronted, who is the, the international business manager, after the fact, um, I told him, I said, uh, you're a freaking idiot. And, uh, you know, what you guys are doing, you're, you're faking a bunch of shit. And you're going through a bunch of shit that is um, that could get the club into trouble, in my opinion. You've spent a bunch of money that you didn't tell the brothers about. They had done improvements on the property. In the Iron Order bylaws, it says that you can spend up to $500 or you have to get it approved. Uh, you know, if you're the international president, that's the limit, $500 or on the board. Well, they'd spent $180,000 and they got had two meetings for two approvals that we all listened to. That they got $75,000 on one approved or uh, 50000 on one and 25000 on another. And all of a sudden I'm going through the financial statements and there's uh, $180,000 is spent. So we're 105 over. The one meeting was in 2019. One is in 2021. They spent $105,000 in between there, and they had no approval. Now, I, you know, I mean, from the board, we never got uh, the brothers like me, the, the average run-of-the-mill guy that's in the club, the average brother that, that puts his faith in the international business manager 
and the IVP who was running that show um, never had a word, nothing. Um, didn't know anything about it. And uh, so they, you know, I had some questions about how the fuck they got the loan, how the hell they got the loan, and then how in the hell they uh, suddenly came up with all this money to pay for all this stuff and why nobody was uh, involved in any of those decisions. Mm -hmm. After I was OIB, ironically, I heard a rumor because, you know, I'm not in the club, but I have guys who, who indicate stuff to me or, or say stuff to me. Um, ironically, I think the number two guy, that, uh, Linus, actually uh, said, yes, I overspent on this, but they had their own review of the circumstances and found themselves to have not broken a bylaw, even though the guys who reviewed it are the same guys who did it. Mm -hmm. they review themselves. Yeah. What were you OIB'd for? And for those who don't know, what is OIB? Out and bad. And uh, is OIB out and bad? Um, for, um, shit, I don't even know what it all was. I think it was uh, general disrespect to the board. Um, and, um, and when they wrote up the OIB, it said, uh, I could find it. Probably. I don't know. I can tell you one thing, man. If there was an FBI agent on the board, I'd be uh, so disrespectful. <laughs> That's just with me and the cops, man. That's the way it works. <laughs> they put you out of the club for disrespect. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it was. I, it was like general disrespect, and then and then um, uh, communicating with an OIB member. And when they wrote it up, they write this up, and then you get a presentation of or a. a basically a statement that they put out about you. You don't get it. But I had one of these guys that sent it to me. And in there they said that um, even though all the evidence was circumstantial about me, they still felt that I had demonstrated a uh, level of disrespect for the board that warranted OIB being me. Well, and, one thing uh, that's uh, funny with this OIB stuff and the Sturgis stuff that you were talking about, let's put OIB, or OIB aside. There is a person that was in charge of the Denver uh, region. Uh, if I got this right, let me know. If not wrong, let me know. That was in charge of this. And, of course, everybody knows in Denver when a Mongols was shot, Ain't there any worry that going to Sturges like this is going to cause another confrontation like that? And how do you answer, because I've been getting a lot of these questions, how was it Iron Order was able to get away with some of these shootings with other clubs? Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not the defender for the club in any way. Um, I think that the uh, the truth is that the, the club, um, I think there's enough fault for everybody to go around. I mean, one of the problems that clubs have is that they too often, they go to violence before they, they go to common sense solutions. Um, you know, I, I think that the, uh, from what I know and, 
I'm always a guy that, hey, if I wasn't there and I didn't see it with my own eyes, I'm not like, I'm not the guy that makes these definitive statements about stuff. But um, I think that the, from a technical legal standpoint, I think that the right things were um, done in both of those, the cases that you're talking about. From a, the, the, the biggest problem to me is always communication. There's, there's a lot of clubs that um, when I was uh, a national uh, sergeant in arms and when I was a national nomad, I, I communicated with a lot of clubs. Um, you know that, I, you know, Hollywood, you know Blackjack the same way. I mean, he communicates with a shit ton of them. And, and, you know, these guys are out there working really hard to find a peaceful solution to stuff. Now, the guys that are in charge that are making the decision to go to Sturgis, they don't, I don't think they really give a shit. That's my own opinion. I, I don't think they give a shit. I think that it's more of an attitude. They're, they're almost to the IZOD stage of an attitude is, look, we're going to go wherever we want, whenever we want, however we want. And if you don't like it, tough shit. I, you know, that's basically it. Well, with that um, type of thinking, if something does go down and what a lot of people from the outside see is the Iron Order is actually asking for the trouble, starting the trouble when there was no other trouble to be had by just I, showing up in mass. Well, let me give you a, a, some other a real brief thing. I was, I was a national nomad. Um, I was asked when I stepped out, Britt asked me to come to the mother charter, be a national nomad. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to keep doing what you've always done. Communicate with all the, all the other clubs, try to keep peace. Britt had COVID this last summer and he was sick, real sick. While he was, the number two guy stepped in, the Jax Teller, and he stepped in. There was a club that's down in your area, Hollywood, and uh, we had had problems off and on years ago, and I had spent considerable time, I have great respect for them guys, and went from where we had this problem, uh, you know, a couple of problems with them, to where we're actually really friendly. The, the past national president of that, that club and the, and you know, who's now, you know, still there and he's a real decent, really stand up dude. And the current, uh, one of the current presidents of that club of, uh, of a charter president, I went out to eat with him and, you know, bought him a, a, a dinner and all that stuff. And then we rode together over cause I didn't know where I was going to a different event and they rode with me over to a thing and you know we shook hands well that the next day got back to the IVP who was the acting IP and he threw me out of being a nomad sent me back to a charter and told me that he, I didn't get permission to go do that so his attitude is that if you're reaching out to a different club if you're trying to make peace uh, you know, kiss my ass and go back to a charter and shut up. And you don't, as a matter of fact, he sent me a thing and said, uh, but how, you, Mike, you need to go back to a charter and not speak for the iron order. But my question at that point again, would be if you're showing up in mass and everybody who's been in the scene knows about people showing up in mass and what that means, 
they're purposely saying, okay, we're probably going to have a minimum of 200 guys here coming out to a place where three, four other major clubs have their own nationals. And from the outside, it looks like they're going there to start the trouble. And if trouble does come, it's usually, okay, something goes down and all of a sudden, next thing you know, members of the club are testifying and it all it's all made out to be the other club's fault when it was them. Because let's be honest, this it, attitude... It definitely of, looks like... Um, it, it definitely looks like there is a desire to get some uh, to, to get some shit started, um, especially if if calls and things are not made and agreements are not had. Um, when you show up like that, I mean, it's almost like testing the waters. Is this something that you were against and you advised against and they decided to do anyway? Uh, is that what part of the story that I remember you telling? Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, it, it, you know, I'm against that kind of an attitude. My, when, when the whole thing came up, I said, look, if, if, if you want my opinion, here's what you do. I said, just ask me and I will drive out there and I'll go knock on the door and I'll go walk up to each one of these guys, each club, and I'll sit down myself and I'll, and I'll talk to them about it and we'll work it out. And it might be something that takes a year or two years, but we'll work it out. Um, the attitude was, that I was uh, told was uh, sit down, shut up, and uh, we have it under control, and we're going to do it whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I mean, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm not that guy. I, I, I don't think that there's. I've met some tremendous guys from every one of the clubs that are out there. Mm-hmm. Right, guys that, that from clubs that you would think hate the shit out of us. And I and you know sat there and went to dinner with them, talked to them, met them, uh, you know, uh, great guys. But everybody wants respect, and you know, I'll I'll stand up with anybody and talk to them. But you got to show some level of respect. You don't you don't go into a man's house and sit down on his couch and grab his beer and and then ask him how he's doing. And you got to knock on the fucking door first. As a protocol <laughs> channel, uh, what is your thoughts on something like this and how dangerous really is it, especially for guys that really don't know the seriousness of what they're pulling? You know, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. And uh, even the top clubs move uh, with communication between one another. So when they don't, you know, sparks erupt. We see it all the time. It makes it bad for the motorcycle club community as a whole when we're facing all this crap in the news all the time. And to me, something like this looks like a big setup for some crap in the news. Like, uh, you know, when you poke the bear, uh, you're going to get a response when you, when you, um, you know, we see it all the time. So to me, this is, um, looks like trouble in the making. And, when the National Nomad said, uh, I'll go handle this, that's what the National Nomad's job is, to go and uh, get out there and make those uh, those kinds of uh, connections and, and work things out. Uh, 
that did ha- didn't happen. The National Mad- Nomad's sitting on here. And a lot of people are mad about that. They're really pissed off about you being on here. And why are we giving you any airtime and um, out from a cop club? And why are we even talking to you and all this old kind of business? Um, you have a story to tell. I have a news agency. I want to hear the story. But somebody said uh, it very clearly. You know, everybody wants to speak the truth when they get put out of a club. Uh, but they weren't speaking the truth when they were in the club. But a lot of times a club doesn't give uh, you the proper um, uh, uh, committee review hearing board, whatever you want to call it. Uh, did you get a proper uh, board? Is that why you're on the show? Because you didn't get to uh, to 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 get yourself properly heard. What what happened with that? Did they just put you out, or did you have a trial? Well, I, it's kind of funny when you get put out in the iron order. It's it's. Um there's a number of questions in there you're asking, but the answer is that one specifically, you can put out in the iron order and they have a group that's called the DLA that is supposed to investigate it. Now I've been in, I was in the iron order for over eight years. There was never an OIB overturned by the DLA in the time I was in the club. Okay. And the guys on the DLA are the number one guy is appointed by the board okay so you know you got a guy who has to keep the board happy in order to maintain his position he's not elected or anything so you pretty i mean it's kind of a joke that the dla is going to look into it um uh the other answer is i i'll tell you this you know that you were talking about from from the time that that uh, Britt was first elected in until la- this last election cycle. He worked tirelessly with guys like me, guys like Blackjack, with the, all different guys that he had, three, four, five guys, I think there were maybe, that actually had contacts with other clubs that he wanted to make sure we stayed whole and we stayed and, and we set up meetings and had discussions and they were, um, and we did things the right way. Um, and, and sat and talked to guys when we had incidents that, that bounced around, you know, uh, you know, push back or something. Um, there was a number of times that I went with big five clubs and sat there and talked to them and, and we stayed in our lane and they stayed in their lane. But, um, you have to be able to be the guy that can, can contact somebody and say, Hey, this is who I am. And I'd like to sit down and talk. And then you got to have the. You got to have, you know, not to interrupt you, Kimber, uh, but I kind of want to go back to this PL. And one of the biggest ways that Iron Order that I seen from their PL statement, how they raised money was tens of thousands of dollars from patches. I'm talking both women. Uh, and the males patches, I'm talking holy crap each year. And I think you would agree with that, wouldn't you, Black Dragon? Yeah. <clears throat> there's a lot of I, you know, there's a lot of money that's rolling through there. And um and there's a lot of money in patches. So of course, you know, you you wonder are you know, are patchings being sold? We we see that a lot. Um one of the PLs were at twelve thousand dollars just for the men, and I think another ten thousand for the women. You know, I I don't know because I've never had line item stuff. I can tell you guys this that that in the time that I was in there, this is um, 
all the the all the patch you know hey just patch guys in and sell the patches and that shit that stuff was in all honesty i never saw it i mean i i to tell you the truth i prospected my way in i was a regional sergeant at arms as a matter of fact when like when blackjack uh blackjack and his whole chapter came in I worked those guys. I was one of the guys working them. I worked those guys to stand up a chapter for fuck. It was close to a year, and um, but that was, was could that have been just your area where it was being done different elsewhere? I, seeing that that stuff, I could not answer to, and I'm not gonna. You know, just about every guy that I know in the club. Ironically, this is kind of tragically funny. The guys that I knew that didn't prospect into the club were, um, they were some of the guys that ended up on the board. (laughs) You know, some of those guys, especially back when Izod was there, none of them guys prospected, man. I got to know some of those guys, and I mean, none of them prospected. But well, the, the reason why I asked is looking at the P&Ls and guys, you can download them yourself uh, through the description. Is Iron Order was raising three, four hundred thousand dollars a year, and from Black Dragon, well, I'll let Black Dragon speak to it. He, you know, he comes from a club that started in the seventies, and I can almost guarantee he hasn't seen that kind of money. Well, that's not anything I could speak on, but uh, they are absolutely um, uh, doing it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're absolutely doing doing it over there. Um, I know a lot of clubs that wish they were bringing the, these PNLs are crazy. Like you, you wouldn't expect it. Uh, well, you, I guess you would expect it out of a out of a uh, a major club. I don't know that I expected to see that out of uh, Iron Order, but obviously these guys are uh bringing in the cash you but you know when this happens of course and we see this mm-hmm. whenever the cash starts coming in uh and there's not a good uh, uh accounting of it or whatever the case may be um then you know we see what you're 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 alleging or possibly alleging is that uh things ain't right so why would a, a sergeant at arms uh be dealing with the money or or have a, a look at the money. Why? Where would you be in a situation that you would be able to see that? The um, first of all, their profit and loss statements up until now, up until the what last August, they used to have them available for every brother, so every brother could just get on and look at them. Um, As it should be. Request, As it should be. Yeah, they would request a copy. They you know now when I requested copies because I started to question um, differences. Then the international business manager sent me, I sent message to me. He wanted to know why I wanted them, what I wanted, what it, and that's when they started tracking what I was looking at. And it wasn't just me. There was a, a, you know, actually this, it's kind of funny. The reason I got involved in that um, system was the guy who's the number two guy. The, one of the biggest reasons I questioned it, the number two guy, what he did is he um, uh, said on an international board call, 
we would just listen to him. As defined in the American Heritage Dictionary, second college edition, the noun rock is defined as a relatively hard, naturally occurring material of mineral origin, a naturally formed mineral matter. That's not rock. This is rock. Play with the devil, die with the devil. Now, back to good, wholesome, politically correct entertainment. He said, hey, we got an email questioning our profit and loss statements, and we looked through everything, and they're all perfect, and everything's good, so nobody has to worry. And all of a sudden, I'm going, hey, wait a second. There's something fucked up here. <laughs> I, I got to look at this. And when I started to look at it, it again, I looked at it, and I'm going, Holy Christ, man, this is, these are the numbers. When I started to question the international business manager, and I and then he, I'm sure, went back to the international vice president. That's when I started to work my way into being OIB, is that I, because all these numbers, remember that first profit and loss statement where it was $75,000 was given to, for property, um, uh, purchase basically. I was the only guy that knew that. There was nobody else in the club. Anybody else would have questioned that. Nobody knew in the Iron Order up until recently that I owned all the property. They didn't. The guys who signed that contract and the board were the only ones. The brothers, the 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 all the brothers had no idea that I was the owner of the national property. That wasn't something that was put out. And that was my fault. I, I just wanted you to know that was me. I didn't want people judging me as a brother by, you know, as I as I say, by the size of my wallet versus the 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 brotherhood I demonstrated. Now you said that a lot of them are on the national or international board right now who didn't prospect. Is this true of the FBI agent and the CIA contractor? I couldn't tell you. They weren't in my area. I, I couldn't tell you that they were. So it um, could be where different areas are doing different stuff. Yeah, they're, well, certainly they are. I mean, there's areas in the in the club. The minimum, unless it's changed since they threw me out, the minimum prospect time was uh, always 90 days. The standard time that in in this region that everybody had was you would hang around for a minimum of six months, and then you would be a prospect for a minimum of six months. So it would take you a year minimum from start to finish. Um, but, I, you know, there's certainly guys well, here, that... Here's an interesting question, and it comes from a one percenter. Uh, Kim, let me get it up here. Sure. It's taking long. Okay, here it comes. Uh, who cares about the money? Why was the mission to provoke other clubs and then testifying against them? And I believe that's a good question because basically that is a provocation if they're going to Sturges. And if something happens, it's been well known that uh, members of the Iron Order would testify. Well, I don't know. I That's a, that's a thing. I, again, I'm not defending or anything, but I don't know that that anybody in the Iron Order ever testified against anybody in the uh, in any of that stuff. There was, um, you know, and 
in Florida, there was never a trial. In, uh, in Denver, there was never a trial. Um, well, testifying it, and talking to the police, same thing, you know. Okay, yeah. I mean, giving statements, yeah. Um, giving statements and testifying, I mean, it's all the same. If you give statements that lead to not charges not being filed uh, or whatever the case may be, which is the allegation in many cases, then that's the same thing as going to court, right? Well, I, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a there's a line that's there that I, I some of that stuff. I honestly I can't answer the. Do I think that it's right what the that by going out there? I've said before, no, I wouldn't do it that way. I, you know, but I was I'm not the guy in charge. Obviously, I'm not even in the court right. anymore. <laughs> but well, I, you know, we're I'm trying like, to get an insight into how it was in the club's thinking. I think is what the questions are. But like I said, up until the last election cycle, which was last, you know, was uh, September of 2020, the the guys that were that were Britt was totally against anything like that. You know, the guys now that are basically taking over, um, and in my now this is just my opinion. The guys that are out there that are that are trying to you know, they're, they're, they're going to try to run for the number one position. They have all this mission. They have all these dreams and ideas of how they're going to do stuff. I disagree with them completely. You know, if I was the guy that was making those decisions, no, we wouldn't be. I, I wouldn't have anybody going to Sturgis. I would have went out myself, and I would have walked up to everybody, and I would have talked to them, and I would have spent the last you know, I would have went out there last year. The you know for and the, and most of the guys I know that have any experience in the MC world, they'd all do it that way. Unfortunately, um, there's a it lot comes of dudes down to MC people world like an FBI uh, comes down to a pe person like an FBI agent that says screw what everybody thinks and is you know I hate to say going to put you know and I hate to call them kids but kids that are wet under the nose into a situation that they shouldn't be in because he's an FBI agent. Yeah. I, you know, the guys that are making those decisions are, are you know, primarily the uh, international vice president, the international sergeant in arms. They're the guys driving the bus on that entire thing. They got um, those two guys are, uh, you know, they. So a Jack's right. tell wannabe uh who's uh proud of it uh wants to show up at sturges where there can be problems and get somebody hurt pretty well they will they be held accountable at that point i that i can't answer i have no idea i i wouldn't be going i mean i i just i think that it was i was really clear about it with the guys up in this region when even after they kicked me out of being a, a nomad at all, and guys would call me, I said, I'm not fucking going. I said, these guys, I, in my opinion, all you're doing is you're trying to cause a problem. And mm -hmm. I am adamantly against it. I worked my ass off traveling all over the country, meeting with different clubs in order to stop the problems. I said, I sure as hell don't want to, uh, you know, go, go back and start all the shit. One of the reasons I'm on here is that, I, there's a lot of these clubs that that you know you guys know that I've made contact with, and I and you know my word was always good, and and my reputation was great, and I you know 
I can't I can't deal with what's going on now. I there's nothing I can do. Well, it's just giving up. You know, Sturges is uh, you know, a few months away and stuff and it's kind of like a heads up uh, you know, cuz there's a lot of people watching the show right now uh worldwide that could look out for something like that so they're not drawn into anything that they shouldn't be drawn into because somebody else that's an FBI agent or Jax Teller wannabe wants to uh, go and break club norms. And next thing you know, something pops out. And as we've seen before, you know, with a lot of incidents, uh, Iron Order is like, oh, they were the bad guys, not us. You know, and I think that's, you know, nothing that you can control now. I'm just saying with the ones that are in control now. Yeah, the, one of the things that I think is in every club that, you know, that I have any familiarity with at all is that um, sometimes you have the wrong people that are leading, you know, they can, especially a club the size of the Iron Order, you got, you know, the Iron Order's, you know, between 2,000 and 2,500 people. And you get a couple of guys that, that have their little group, but you know, that, and their little group might be 400 and their little group thinks that they're God. And then they're going to, they can just wave their magic wand and then we'll make it all peaceful and everybody's going to be happy. And don't worry there. We're just going to go out there and we're going to show some color and ride around and nobody's going to care. And, mm. you know, we're not going to go downtown and Sturgis. We're going to just, you know, go to Mount Rushmore and we're going to get. And I just, to me, it's all, you know, I mean, I, I can't defend it. I'm not trying to. Right. I would. Right. I would. No, we're just getting, that. you know, your mindset. Yeah. Uh, about it, because I know you have tried to talk to other clubs and all that work that you put in now is for nothing because it's going to get all ruined. I'd say there's a couple, uh, one in particular that I have a feeling that um, I don't think things are going to be really good. Right. You know. So do you, do you still have love for this club? No, I, the thing right now, I, there's guys that I really respect. Britt, I respect the shit out of. But I can tell you this unequivocally right now, if they called me and said, hey, we want you back, well, you, no way. And the reason that I would not go back is the the what they they did, the guys that did that are using Fed techniques to go against the brothers of the club itself, and and I you know I mean I I, I fought against that shit forever. I don't take to resort to the idea that you're going to use the same techniques as. The feds and to have them, the guys that are in charge. Some of them tell me we do this all the time. Okay, you, you I don't mean want check, nothing to do with you. You mean checking in on uh, tagging people's emails and things like that? Yeah, just just electronic surveillance kind of shit. I mean, who wants to be around a group of guys that that's what the leadership is doing in order to, uh, you know, whatever protect whatever do whatever the you know. Uh, you know, because there's any, you guys are way more tech savvy than me. Hell, you know what it took for me to just get on here. And um, uh, to me, in my simpleton mind of technology, the same guy that can create a tag your emails and follow them is the same guy that can 
create a tagged email and build and and just say this all lines up so we can I can make this happen and have this guy thrown out. So, so what would uh, so what would your guys think now that they know that their emails between themselves and their internationals or nationals are being tagged with a digital tag where it's being traced now? I that I mean, could uh, I you know what personally Black Dragon I don't know why there's not a mass exodus from that club uh, because of just that. Well, I, I'm sure that folks don't know that. Um, uh, but um, I, I would imagine that if I found out something like that, I, I, I'd be looking at the higher ups to figure out um, what I was going to do about it. Uh, but, you know, people follow clubs, you know, people, <laughs> people follow clubs when they do crazy things. And, and a lot of people just sit around and don't say anything. Uh, but, you know, you always want to, when in a situation like this, you, you still, you know, we have Kimber, we have to, to question you to find your motives out too. Cause you, you've done a lot here uh, in terms of uh, what a national sergeant in arms that loved this club would do. You, you can't have any love for these, for this club whatsoever uh, at all. And where does that come from? I can't have what I, I any love left in your heart for this club whatsoever. Where does that come from? The, What's the exact thing that turned that? Where was the moment that turned you off and you said, "Okay, I'm going public it. and I'm going to expose it." When, when the dude that was looking into this, who's who is the FBI guy, said, "We do this all the time." That was it. That was it. At that moment, I I literally there was guys who were calling me and they were going, "You know, maybe you could beat this." Maybe you could beat. and and I I called up one of them and I said, "No, I'm not coming back ever." I said, "Do you understand?" Ever, I no way, no shape, no nothing. I said, and so you guys, so you guys know, I did see the email where they admitted tagging the shit, tagging it. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I you know, if anybody doubts it, I sent it to you, and I think both you guys have it. They full on said, you know, that they tag emails, and I mean, it's not something I made up, and and um, you know, who the heck? Wants to be around a group of guys that that's what they do. I, you know, that doesn't mean that I expect everybody in the iron order to quit and follow blah, 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 blah. I'm not that guy. Shit, I you wonder know. if somebody's tracking me like that. <laughs> well, I, the thing is that, that you know, um, I think it'll, it'll be humorous as time goes by um, to see the reactions that guys give. I will say this. <clears throat> I was at Mama Tried yesterday, the the uh, bike show down in uh, in uh, Milwaukee, and one of the uh, uh, the guys from the Iron Order was there, you know, and he saw me and he walked across the the hallway and gave me a big hug and said, "You were the best brother I had, man," or something like that. He said, "You were one of the best brothers we ever had," and and walked away, and um, but you know, I said hi to him. He was a great dude, uh, and. But I, I even that, I mean, I wouldn't care. As much as I think the world of Brit as an example, I would never go back even if Brit called me himself and said, would you come back to the club? I'd say, no, I never, I'm never coming back. There. If you had the chance and you do right now to reach out to all the Iron Order that are watching right now, 
and say one thing to them about how they're being tracked digitally, what would you tell them? Would you recommend, hey, either fix this or get them out of office or turn in your colors? Because it's a serious I, deal. Yeah, I tell you guys a couple. I tell you this in the club. Anybody that's there, you guys need to get rid of firewall, Linus, grenade. You need to get rid of the DLA. Get some people with integrity that are in those positions. Somebody that actually uh, is going to um, follow your bylaws and um, and quit trying to come up with a way to throw people out. What you, you know, the, the biggest problem in clubs, in my opinion, is that guys get to a level and they're so interested in climbing this ladder that they start to worry about how to throw everybody around them out instead of worrying about how do I keep everybody in. And, uh, you know, the, the, the clubs, we all know every club is suffering with, a, you know, with the the demographic is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. There's less and less people going into clubs. If you want to have a successful club, you better start to figure out how to keep people in your club. And once you get them in, and, and I'm not bragging, I'm not saying, but, you know, it, it, what's well documented, I mean, I, is the amount of time and effort and money that I spent in the Iron Order and the things that I did that people hadn't done. And they run me out. They run out that, you know, this dude from up north that, that up in Minnesota highway, they ran him out for because he got stopped for drunk driving. He didn't even get a he didn't even get convicted of it. And they oh I beat him over it. Now, you know? Were there any uh, a question I got uh from one of my uh subscribers uh on my text message? A good question to ask is if they came after any others for asking questions like yours. Is there anyone else you know that Got a white oh, yeah. something similar. Yeah, what what happened ironically is right after they OIB'd me, they have a forum. So you know, you you like you you have questions and stuff. You can talk to all the brothers around the world. And on the forum that they had in there have in there, um guy that uh took over Hollywood, you'll remember when I first met you, I was the inner the Wisconsin state rep. I was the boss more or less for Wisconsin. Well, the guy who took that job over, um, just like, I don't know, three months ago maybe, um, he was questioning all the shit. So they had their internal investigation, said that they were all innocent, and then they came out and they center-punched that guy, which means first they removed him from office, then they center-punched him, took his center patch, then they made him a prospect for a year. They said, and, and they removed him. There's another guy, really great guy down in uh, Georgia, I think he's Georgia, Florida. He questioned everything that was going on, and they pulled him um, They tried to pull his patches. His CP had to get involved. Another guy that you'll actually know, um, Cigar, who used to be the international vice president um, up until this last election cycle, Cigar did what I did. He went and ended up in the mother charter. He was a nomad. He questioned the profit and loss statements. They pulled him out of the the nomad chapter and sent him back to the uh, back to a uh, um, uh, local chapter. And basically, that's your way of getting your warning that if you don't shut the hell up and not say anything anymore and stay away from talking to guys, 
we're going to throw you out of the club. So, uh, uh, by the way, I, I know. Hold on a sec, Kim. Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? Give me some sugar, baby. I thought I saw a pretty cat. Boom, 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 boom. The zombies are taking over. WMMRDB Rockford. I know I'm getting this question in uh, the chat room. The Iron Order is more than welcome to come on this show to rebuff or put their side of the story out. You know that we do that kind of stuff. They can contact me at info at insanethrottlebikernews.com. Just wanted to throw that out there. Go ahead, Kim, because everybody's asking. Oh, you know, I mean, I hell, I'd I'd love it if they called me and explained their side. It'd be funny. (laughs) a <laughs> couple more questions uh black dragon we're running a little late here but go ahead somebody says uh do you fear retaliation for the club or uh, uh i guess from the alphabet boys uh based on the the stuff you're putting out i i don't think i have any reason to fear it and i i certainly don't from the club um you know they have um uh, they all know where to find me. I, you know, I'm not running and hiding or doing anything. So, um, well, you still own two of their properties, don't you? Are were they told yet to leave them clubhouses or what? No, I would never do that. I, I no, I'm talking about on the Iron Order's behalf. Them telling me hey, you got to get another clubhouse. He's out on bad. Um. I know the one it would be really hard for them because the one's buying it on a lease, a lease with an option to purchase or lease purchase the same way that they were with their property, and that that charter has you know substantial amount of equity in their property already. The other one is a is a month to month handshake deal, you know, rent that they've been paying rent in the same clubhouse for eight years now, seven years. Um, and uh, that's between them. Certainly, I don't have any problem with them renting from me. The guys that are renting are great guys. They always pay on time. And, you know, the upside of having me be your landlord is that I let motorcycle clubs rent from me. Hell, anybody in the club knows that that's a son of a bitch to get somebody to rent to a motorcycle club. So, um, you know, it certainly would do more harm to the club, to the Iron Order, because they'd lose an established presence in a clubhouse they'd been in for eight years over politics, which is is stupid. I mean, I, I can fill the clubhouse with, I have a feeling if I wanted to, I could call one of the clubhouses, one of the other clubs that necessarily doesn't like the Iron Order and tell them they have an opening now and they probably they probably love it and look out there and right. somebody else. One thing that I really learned out of this interview was never take your own personal money and put it into the club. Uh, would you agree with that, Black Dragon? That kind uh, of so never never get into business dealings with brothers. If you do, never talk about the club. Two, never. Uh, borrow or lo- never loan money to a brother that you cannot afford to lose. Uh, three, stay away from brothers, old ladies. Uh, <laughs> the, the, these are the tenants of a motorcycle club. Uh, you know, 
when I when I was a president, I, I had I, I had a, a rule. If you borrow money, if you loan money to a brother and you don't take that through the uh, the treasurer, I don't want to hear about it if that brother doesn't pay you back. If you I'm talking about the kind of money he actually went out of his way and he was thinking about uh, the club's best interest of, you well, know, buying a me, property. Sounds to me like he's still, you know, being a good guy about it I, I, um, uh, because he could have. I know a whole lot of folks that would have thrown him out um, uh, out of there. But, you know, it sounds like he's trying to be a good guy about it. And I can tell you, I, I'm getting text messages from some of his former brothers and and uh, that are still in the club. And uh, Kimber was a solid dude is uh, what I'm getting from some of the cats that are uh, uh, it, uh, that 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 know him that are still in the club. So it's not mm-hmm. like I'm getting a whole bunch of texts screaming uh, that he's on here lying and that sort of thing. So well, yeah, what I'm, I'm getting uh, is uh, they're real surprised at the, the numbers right now. Uh, a lot of them didn't know this kind of stuff was going on in the background. And you would figure at a national meeting, something like this better be addressed because a lot of them, according to uh, some of these texts, didn't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, what, what happens, I think, all the time is that guys, the first one in the, in the I.O., as soon as they put your OIB, you lose your voice, you lose your everything, you're done. And even though you're they technically they have moved to put you OIB and then they're supposed to have an investigation and then they're supposed to, you know, have those findings, they don't give you the ability to communicate with the brothers. And I like it was funny when they 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 called me up and they, they say um, they go, uh, did you forward this these documents to anybody else? And I said, sure, and I gave them a list. And I said, you know, like four guys or five guys that I, off the top of my head I could remember. And I mean, keep in mind, these documents were on our forum. Every brother should have access to them. And they said, okay. So I gave them that. And they said, um, did you send these to this brother that was OIB? I said, no. Every time. I, you know, I said, no, absolutely not. Never sent them. Never, never sent these documents in any way. Well, when they when they communicated to the brothers what their justification was, they said, well, under pressure that I admitted that I may have sent them by accident to somebody. And I'm going, you know, anybody who knows me under pressure for what, what fucking pressure are you going to give me that you think that I'm going to do something that I didn't do that? I'm going to suddenly stand there and go, Oh yeah. Yeah, well, so maybe help me. Surprising to me that a lot of the messages that were getting text to us is these guys didn't know any of this was going on, and I'm sure that they're going to be looking into this even more. And if you, you know, one of the final questions, I'll take one, and uh, Black Dragon to take one. What message would you give to these guys that uh, are FBI? Uh, this one international vice president that joined because he likes Sons of Anarchy, which I can't freaking believe. And what would you say to them? Well, I, you know, I mean, I, <laughs> I'll say this. 
they certainly lowered my expectations of brotherhood in their eyes. That's it. You know, I mean, they what what their idea of brotherhood and what mine is is two different things. Mine was I laid my ass on the line for a couple hundred thousand dollars at different times for this club. I went out of my way to try to to you know, I mean, some of these, these clubs in Hollywood, you know, some of the guys and and that stuff. You know, when I was going and meeting with these guys, it was just me. There was nobody with me. There was no backup. There was nobody some behind me. It was just me riding my bike over and sitting down with them face to face. I didn't see any of them dudes behind me, none of them, and trying to make peace. And some of these dudes are guys that you guys, you know, know mm. are guys that, you know, I didn't see any of them with me. But that was my idea of brotherhood. My idea of brotherhood was, look, I got to make peace with these guys so that what we can do is not shoot at each other. Their idea of brotherhood was dudes making peace with these guys, so we got to OIB them because otherwise people will listen to him and he's got to, he'll have influence when we want to get elected for IP next time. And I, that's the only message I can say to those guys. You guys, your idea of brotherhood is completely different than mine. You, have, you don't have any, you know. The guy who's Black the IVP... The, the guy who's the IVP, the funny thing is he's going to try to ride into the international president's thing, the property that I bought. That's his big, big claim to fame as he says, you know, hey, he was in charge of it. He was one of the guys that signed on for the club that was responsible for that lease purchase that says he had to stay, they had to stay in contact with me. And yet Ask them if they want to come on here. Ask them for one single solitary email where they sent any document to me, require you know, informing me of what they were going to do on the property before they did it. In well, I can tell you, uh, we the offers there if they want to come on, give their side, but I kind of think they won't. Don't huh, <laughs> They don't want to come by Hollywood's questions. Yeah, uh, we yeah, <laughs> we we don't. We don't get many of the clubs themselves to come. We want more, though. Come on. What would your last thing uh, be, uh, BD, before I close her up? So are you done with clubs, or you expect to go into another motorcycle club, or is this it for you? And if you do, what do you think that uh, having come on here would, would do to those those chances? I really haven't given it all that much thought. I mean, to tell you the truth, there's a couple guys that, um, ironically, one of the things that, that's funny now, up until coming on here, I don't know how that's going to affect it. It never did it before. But um, I've had a number of people from different clubs that had dealt with me when I was in the I.O. that have um, contacted me, talked to me, and, and said, you know, you're welcome here, man. You're welcome here. And uh, we know the, you know, we know, I think that the smarter clubs, in my view, all of the, the they're looking at it and they, I, I would believe, now maybe this will change completely with this thing. They look at it and they look at who is the guy and what does he act like and how is he going to, you know, um, be, uh, what kind of brother will he be? And not necessarily where he came from because, uh, you know, everybody has some kind of a past, you know, but I, I, am I, am I 
looking for another club right now or something? No, not at all. But, you know, I, I, you know, there's, uh, uh, there's some guys that are out there that I met that I will say this about being in the iron order. And I, I'm talking of different clubs. There's some of these dudes that I met from different clubs that were just super stand up. I had mad respect for them. I, you know, and, and, and I think those guys know it. And the people that I sat and, and talked to and, and had meetings with and, and, um, you know, I think all clubs have to start to look past the, the patch and start looking at the man. Rock That's on. my own opinion. Amen. <laughs> well said. So, uh, well, Kim, I appreciate you being on the show. It was real informing. Uh, again, like I said, uh, go into the link description of this video. You'll see all the paperwork, the P&Ls that we were talking about. From a personal standpoint, I would uh, really, anybody who's in the I.O. thinking about, and I'm not saying anything about anything that's going to happen. I just think it's very disrespectful that to the 1% clubs that are been going to this thing for decades for you to follow somebody who's an FBI agent or a cop just because they're that and they think they got these attitudes that you to just go where you want to go. I would caution against uh, going to Sturges, man. It's just a bad uh, deal in my eyes. Uh, Black Dragon, your final statement. Man, I tell you, we um, we see what happens. I, I tell clubs, you know, if you are not handling things right and you're not being fair, it's not what they're supposed to do. We're all supposed to just take it on the chin, but it's a small world now. People have access to the internet. They have access to channels. You can't beat a guy down and not let him get his word out. He will find a way to get his word out. And this man has come with uh, profit and loss statements and all kinds of other things that um, are now out in the world. Nobody knew what kind of money the iron owner was making or anything like that. And you have to, you have to really work hard to be fair and honest and not throw people away with a bad taste in their mouth because, you know, whether they're supposed to do it or not, people will find a way to get their word out and it might not be a good word for you. We always try to, you know, try to be fair, try to follow those bylaws. And I remember when I was in the club, I just really didn't even care when I was a younger guy. I didn't care what was going on. And as I began to get up and older and into the, to the workings of the club, a lot of things I found out, and and uh, so I tell young guys, be aware of what's going on in your club. Don't be rolling around with your patch on so happy that you don't care about how money is made and how money is spent and where it goes, and because that these are your your hard earned dollars and and sweat and blood you're putting in the club. So be aware of what's going on, and we have to find a way in motorcycle clubs to treat each other like individual pieces of solid gold. There are traditions and norms that are out there. And I, like you, Hollywood, believe that a whole lot of trouble can come uh, when, you know, when you know how folks feel about you and you're just going to go uh, show up and and come uh, and be like, uh, let it all be damned, let traditions be damned. Uh, I was always told by, by this club that they were trying to do different things than that. When I talked to the international and they were telling me, we're trying to do things right. 
Well, make damn sure to do things right. Uh, doing things right doesn't mean necessarily that you got to take anybody's mess or that uh, you ha- you have to be a punk or, or, or that you can't do what you want. But there is in the computer world, if you're a computer engineer, there's these protocols called handshaking that the computers have to do to talk to each other before they let information pass. Be damn sure that you do the right handshaking so that you can have the right result. And that's my two cents. And you always got uh, some two cents, man. It's always great. I would love to thank uh, Black Dragon and stuff for being on the show. Kimber for being on the show. I'll be in Discord right after this on video chat if you guys want to check it out. Uh, The link's in the description box and all that good stuff. Don't forget, uh, Monday through Friday, 8.15 a.m. Central Standard Time, John Nadal is on with me, and we have a ball uh, with that show. Anyway, guys, we'll talk to you later. Rock on. You kept cutting me off. I don't know what the fuck, dude.